Welcome to another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of Sunday, September 24th, and is preached by our pastor, Brother Mike Silvey. Our desire is that this message builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. Here now is Brother Mike preaching from Deuteronomy 5.11, a message titled, The Ten Commandments, An Invitation to Reverence. In these commandments, the Lord is calling us to himself. In the first commandment, he's calling us to a relationship with him by his grace. He's calling us to make him the one who is our God. Uh, he, our God, we, his people, to have a relationship by his grace that is first and foremost in our life. In the second commandment, he is asking us to do not let any graven image or any image uh, be exalted to godlike status in our life. And by that, he's calling us to reality. He's asking us, commanding us not to substitute anything for him, but to have this primary relationship with him by his grace grounded in the reality that he has created. And then in the third commandment, he is inviting us to reverence to his holiness as he says here in verse 11 you shall not take the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain so the lord is inviting us to reverence as we come to know him as we are walking in his reality he is asking for us to be holy as he is holy and that begins with a reverence for his name. Now the first part of this verse talks about what he wants us to do. That will be the first point of the message. The second part of the verse, he speaks about why he is asking us to do this. And that will be the second part of the message. So let's notice, number one, what he is asking us to do. The word take here means to lift up or to bear up. And the ideal here when you're talking about lifting up a name is to bring it up in conversation or bring it up in some communication. And so take has the idea of us speaking it or writing it or in our modern context, texting it. Any form of communication that we bring it up in, we are to be careful how we use it. The word name represents the reputation, the fame, the glory of the person being named. It represents all that that person is and all that they will do. So the name of the Lord represents everything that he is. And here his personal name is included in the text. The word Lord in all capitals in verse 11 in our English Bibles represents the personal name of the Lord. So in the English Bible, wherever the word Lord or the word God is in all capitals, 
it is not translating it because it's the personal name of the of the Lord, Yahweh or Jehovah. Is it pronounced Jehovah in the Western world, uh, Yahweh in the Eastern world, but it's the personal name of God. But the Jews had such reverence for God's name that they did not translate it. And the translators had followed that same tradition. And so they did not translate it verbatim, but they gave another word for it, and it's the word Lord our God. And so here is the personal name of God that represents everything that he is. And we're to be careful how we're to, we take it and we use it. He says we're not to take that name which represents everything that is the, the greatest, the utmost, the highest that there can be in reality, and we turn it into something that's empty, vain, and worthless. That's what vain means. Empty, worthless, and something that is false. So this is the commandment, but we find that we break it all the time. There are many ways that we have broken this commandment, and some of us may still be breaking it, and I'm going to go down the list today to, to help uh, encourage us to follow this commandment and to make sure our words line up with God's commands for our life, because this is how God still wants us to live. This is God inviting us into his nature. He, when he gave us these commands, he first stated that this is who he is. He said, I am the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, and then here's how I act. Here's how I talk. Here's the things that I think about. And he's inviting us to, into his ways. And so he's inviting us to reverence holy things just as he does. So the fact that we break this commandment and have broken it many times shows us that we can only come to him by grace. We cannot get to heaven by obeying the Ten Commandments. If somehow we have kept the first two, we get tripped up right here. All of us have broken this, and all of us have broken this many times, as we'll illustrate here in just a moment. I talked to a lady not long ago about the Lord and when we began to talk about our need of salvation, that we're all sinners, she said, oh, I've, I've, I've never sinned. I, I don't need that. And I said, and I referenced the Ten Commandments. And I said, so you say to me you kept every one of the Ten Commandments? Yeah, I don't have a problem with any of them. <laughs> but we all have a problem with commandment number three for sure. The misuse of our words, using unholy words, and relating them to the Lord's name. So the Lord's grace covers all of that. All the words that we've said that are bad, all the times that we have uh, misused the Lord's name and we've been irreverent, we all have, all that's been covered by the blood of Christ. Every bit of it. And the Bible, that's why the Bible says that we come to him by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves, it's not by works of righteousness that we've done. It's all through his grace because the Lord made him, his son, who knew no sin, to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So if you know Christ, then you are saved by his grace even though that you have violated this commandment. 
And the assurance of our salvation is based in that, that wonderful truth of God's grace, not in our obedience. But once we've come to God through his grace, he wants to bless us, and he wants to make us like himself. And that's why we need to, to order our life according to his commands. Look at our notes and notice several ways that we break the third commandment. Number one, we speak, we write, we text the Lord's name sometimes to express surprise. Sometimes we are surprised or excited. Excitement goes in that second blank. Sometimes something catches us off guard and we blurt out a phrase that includes the Lord's name. And we're misused in the Lord's name when we do that. That's not why the Lord's name is in existence. So we break it that way. We break it secondly. We speak, we write, we text the name of God sometimes with anger. Sometimes the only time people use God's name during the course of a day is when they get mad. And when they do that, they just... They use the Lord's name or a phrase with the Lord's name to punctuate their anger so everybody will know how angry they really are. And that's a misuse of the Lord's name. Imagine if the only time someone spoke your name in a day was when they got angry. How would that make you feel? How disrespectful would that be towards your name and who you are? A third way that we break this commandment is we attach the Lord's name with curse words. We use the Lord's name in phrases that contain curse words. And this takes a holy name and it uses it in a very ungodly way. Others violate this command by speaking, writing, or texting the Lord's name in a vulgar or joking manner. Some comedians take the Lord's name every other sentence and they do it because it gets laughs. And the crowd laughs along because we as a society we feed upon things that are profane and ungodly. And we take that matchless name and we bring it down lower than some standards that some of us try to keep every once in a while. And we take the Lord's name in vain. Another way we can break it is by swearing an oath falsely using the Lord's name. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, answering a solemn oath um, if it is attached to the Lord's name, as long as you're truthful. The Lord did that when he stood before Pilate and he was asked a solemn oath. And he answered that in a court of law. Uh, Jesus talks about not taking oaths or swearing in Matthew chapter 5, but I think that's a personal context. In your everyday life, you don't need to just attach certain words on your sentence, and only then it's true. Uh, we can do that and play swift and fast, loose and uh, easy with the truth, and as long as we didn't put certain words on there, the words I swear or other words like that or I promise, then we feel like we can get away from, with something. I think that's what the Lord was talking about in Matthew chapter 5. But any time that we do take a solemn oath, 
and we are saying the truth before God and before other witnesses, we need to make sure that we do not bring reproach upon the Lord's name as we do that. And then finally, and this is the most common one for all of us, is we use slang words for the Lord's name. Our language has been inundated with slang words that culture has tried to to uh, take the edge off of using the Lord's name in a profane way, and so they've substituted certain words for it to make it sound better, and so everybody will do it. So the word gosh and golly is another word for God, and so we use those words all the time growing up, and maybe even now, because we've always heard them, but that what you're doing is you're saying a word that represents God's name. G and G-Wiz stands for Jesus. We use the phrase O-M-G or T-G-I-F, and it's got the Lord's name inserted in there. You say, well, I change it, but that's not the way it was originally. And so that's the, that's the slang that's worked its way into our society, and even without thinking about it and knowing, knowingly doing it, we are taking the Lord's name in vain. And we need to be very careful about how we speak. As we're going to see in just a moment, there are many reasons why we need to be very, very careful about this. But this is what the Lord's asked us to do. Because what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart. And if what's coming out of our mouth is unholy, then, then our heart is going to be be unholy as well. And so what we say, the words that we say are very powerful in our life and they can have a great effect upon other people's lives as well. And it will eventually affect your relationship with God if you do not discipline your language in a holy way. Now let's look, number two, at why God is asking us to do this. The second part of the verse says, It's because of this. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. There are several reasons implied with that statement. And the first is that, that God is always listening. The moment that we take the Lord's name in vain, the Lord hears that. The Lord takes note of that. And he's watching and listening for every part of our life to see how it's measuring up. He's not watching us to try to, to zap us and make our life miserable. He's watching us as a caring parent because he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be obedient. He wants us to, to be close with him and receive all that he's got for us. But I think implied in this statement is that, number one, the Lord takes note every time we say a word in a wrong way. That's the way it happened in Nebuchadnezzar's life. I get my words going right this morning. Daniel chapter 4, the Bible says that, that God had warned Nebuchadnezzar several times about humbling himself before him and watching what he was doing and watching what he was saying. And on one occasion, the Bible says, after the last time that he was warned, 12 months after he was warned, Nebuchadnezzar was just walking in his palace and he began to say words that, 
that were a reproach to God because he was lifting himself up. And in mid-sentence, the Bible says, a voice from heaven fell and pronounced judgment upon Nebuchadnezzar. In that one moment, he was taken away from his throne and judgment fell upon his life. God was listening. God was hearing everything that he was saying. God even hears and knows everything that we're thinking even before we say it. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. The Lord's always listening. The Bible says that we will be judged by every idle word that we speak. And so the Lord's listening. Number two, I think it implied here is that people are always listening. Will not be held guiltless. That word means without innocence. And so when we do this, we, we're not innocent. We, we, we're causing harm. And you will cause harm with those around you because the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. That our words are so powerful that they can actually cause the death of somebody else. Now that may not be physical death. In some cases it can be physical death. But it also can include... Um, Psychological death, emotional death, or death in some other ways in their life. James chapter 3 talks about the power of the tongue. And it says that the, the tongue is like a small spark that sets a great forest on fire. And it can corrupt the whole body and even sets the whole course of nature on fire. When I was in junior high school, I went to school across the street from this property. And there in junior high school, I had a good friend whose name was Bill. And Bill was one of these guys who was quick-witted and quick-tongued. And he always had these little quick phrases that he came out with to help pass our day. And Bill got a lot of those from his grandfather. And they were just little quick, humorous phrases about life and about problems, and about everything that you can think of that just kind of got your attention and made you laugh. Well, one of those phrases had the Lord's name involved in it, and it was taking the Lord's name in vain. And Bill's grandfather kind of, he was, he was probably someone very fascinating to know, but he, would, he took a slang of a slang word. He made his own slang of a slang word that took the Lord's name in vain. And that was the phrase, and we thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever heard. And so as junior high boys in our little clique, we would repeat, repeat that phrase every day, just about all day long in junior high school. And we thought it was funny. And that's how I began to break the third commandment. Problem was, it didn't stop there. Confession time for the preacher this morning. Those words turned into other bad words. And I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to use any of those words at home, so I didn't use them at home. 
but at school and in the neighborhood and around my friends. I fell into a cycle where I began to use those words all the time. See, words are powerful. They can affect somebody else in a negative way. And I got so dry spiritually at that point in my life because I wasn't walking with God. I wasn't in his word. I was filled with worldly thoughts and worldly things. I was breaking his commandments. And I got so dry spiritually that I actually thought that I wasn't saved. That was a time in my spiritual walk where I, the Lord began to get a hold of me because I was so far away from him. And I actually thought that someone who would talk like this and act like this was someone who wasn't saved. And it was the Lord getting a hold of me. He was helping me to see what I was doing. And it was a, a very difficult spiritual time in my life. It was one of the lowest spiritual times in my life. Where did it all start? It all started with some words that someone said over here that worked their way in my life. See, people are always listening. And those words are always affecting us for good or for bad. And it can affect someone spiritually a very powerful way if we are taking the Lord's name in vain. Well, another reason why we are to keep this commandment is because God's name's holy. There's no other name like it. We sang about it this morning. We praised that name and lifted it up. And God's name is always to be praised. The Bible says from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. Psalm 113, 3. O Lord, how, O Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. Your name, your glory is set above the heavens. And so God's name is to be praised and to be reverenced in our life. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 4, 8, that the, the holy angels in God's presence, the ones who are nearest to him, they never cease praising God in this way, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the Bible says those angels who are the seraphim have six wings, and with two of the wings they cover their face, and two wings they cover their feet, and the other two wings they fly, and they don't rest day or night, and they continually say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. That's how they speak about his name. And that's how we're to speak about his name as well. See, the New Testament calls us to reverence the Lord's holy name. This commandment's repeated in the New Testament. Where is that found? One place is in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1, where it says we are to live and we're to act in such a way that the name of God will not be blasphemed. Another place is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, where it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But then the most direct reference is the Lord himself in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, where he says, if you're going to talk about the Lord's name, here's how you talk. You say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the third commandment. And we're to never cease to be praising the Lord day by day. And we're never to take up his name in a worthless, empty, false way. God's name is holy. 
And a final reason is because judgment's certain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Judgment's certain. It's certain for lost, those who have not come to the Lord by grace. They will stand before him one day, and some will, I'm sure, have the thought of the lady that I spoke to that said, I've kept all the commandments. I'm good. And they're going to find out one by one they've broken every single one of them. But even if they somehow were to have pulled it off and they're better than everybody else, but they've only broken one, and maybe they've only broken this one just a few times, even one time is enough to keep them out of heaven. And the Lord illustrates that through all the Old Testament when he gives all these laws and he says, Basically, he says, the wages of sin is death. You break these, and you deserve to die. There's a story in Leviticus chapter 24 that illustrates that. There was a young man in the camp of Israel that broke the third commandment. He took the Lord's name in vain. He got angry, and the Bible says that he cursed with the Lord's name. And so many people heard him. They brought him to Moses. Moses took him to God, said, Lord, what do we do with him? And the Lord came back with the judgment. He must, be, he must be stoned. He must die. Why was the Lord so harsh? He was just a young man. He was angry. It's because the Lord was telling him and everybody else that it takes one sin to kill your spiritual life. It only takes one sin to keep you out of heaven. It takes one sin to keep you out of God's holy presence. And over and over again in the Old Testament where the, the wages of sin is death is pictured it's a, it's a truth that God has given to all of us. Unless we go to the one who's covered our sins all the way down to our last sin, that one sin that maybe we have to admit to, then we're not ready to face him in judgment. The lost will stand before him, and many will hear the words, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Because they never came to him by grace, by faith. The judgment is certain for everyone. The Bible says every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account for it in the day of judgment. But I want you to notice, secondly, also there's a judgment for the saved. It's not a judgment for our sin, but it's a judgment for our service. By grace, through faith, we'll stand before God, and all those words that we spoke in the past that we're not proud about, all that will not be brought up. None of that will be brought up. All that's been paid for at the cross of Christ. He, brought it, he took it upon himself. He paid for it and became our Savior. His righteousness became our righteousness. Our sin became his sin. It's paid for. It's done. But the Bible says we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ where all of our works will be examined. And if we spend our life following the world, even though we're Christians, and we don't study God's word, we don't reverence his, his name in our life, and as a result, we don't have a good influence with those around us, then we will suffer loss. So we'll suffer the loss of some rewards. And in the present life, there is going to be a judgment of the loss of God's blessing. In Ephesians chapter 4, 
Verse 29, where it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. The very next verse says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So what happens when we take the Lord's name in vain as Christians is we grieve the Holy Spirit. And when we grieve Him, we lose our spiritual blessings. We lose our spiritual power. We lose the fellowship that we can have with the Heavenly Father. And you get to the point where you feel spiritually dry and empty like I did years ago. And you feel like, you can get to the point where you feel like you're not even saved. It's all about what's coming out of your heart and going out of your mouth. The Holy Spirit's in the corners of your life. He hadn't left, he's still there. But once we realize what's going on and we confess our sin. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from every unholy word, every unrighteousness. And then there's fellowship. And then there is renewal. It was after that very trying time in my life when I was away from God that God got my attention as a junior high boy, I came back to him, and I didn't walk out of this church. I took care of business privately, but there was a turning point in my life in those days. And it was about those days in this church is when this church began to ask me to get up in front of the church and begin to speak from God's Word, some devotional thoughts on Sunday night. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.